Hey, what's going on, man? This is Kevin Nelson, and you are listening to the MLM Force Radio. I am super, super pumped to share with you today rule number three of becoming your attractive character. All right? Now, rule number three might seem pretty plain and simple. It is titled, Don't Be Boring. All right? Now, you probably think that that means don't be monotone and like, hey guys, I'm super excited. No, that's not necessarily what Russell's talking about when he tells us not to be boring. You know, when it comes to creating and being your attractive character. There's a, I'm, I'm sure many of you, I'm sure you have heard of a guy named Ben Stein. He pretty much made a living off of sounding boring. You know, his voice is super just monotone, straight across. So that's not what Russell's talking about, all right? He's talking about your message, okay? Now, boring would be a mainstream message. For instance, if I'm telling you to lose weight, super boring would be, hey... Here's the food table that the FDA puts out. All you got to do is eat your portions and you'll lose weight. You know, with the the daily recommended exercise that the FDA has. Super boring, super mainstream. Anyone can find that anywhere for free. Not to mention, it's probably a lie and it's all garbage, you know. So that is what he's talking about. Don't be boring. Don't be mainstream. Okay, you need you need to be more polarizing than that. No one's going to you know, it's it's not a polarizing message at all to tell you to go to the FDA food table to lose weight. Okay? And then he's also adding on the opposite of mainstream or boring would be, you know, everything has its opposite. Up, down, hot, cold, boring, crazy. Okay? And <laughs> he brings up and I haven't seen this movie. But he brings up a movie titled Eat the Sun. It's a documentary about how you should stare at the sun and stop eating food, essentially. Okay? That is insane. Whether or not the documentary is good, probably is. That is just insane. You're not going to get a large amount of people to stop eating food and staring at the sun. Okay? So, you getting this by now? He doesn't want you to be boring. I don't want you to be boring. And I don't want you to be freaking off the deep end, nutso, you know, where maybe a couple people will go. But you're probably not going to convince a, you know, your movement to to go there, to get there. Okay? I'm going to share a little story with you to help help sink this in a little bit. But first, I'm going to share some text from the science of getting rich now if you haven't read this or studied this it it's definitely in the prolific zone it's it's far from the mainstream you know and it's not it's not completely out there that you would just go oh this guy's this guy's nuts all right and and i'm going to read a section of this for you and the chapter is titled thinking in the certain way okay He says, the more clear and definite you make your picture, okay, he's talking about a picture in your mind, 
because that's that's what we do when we think of things, right? We we see pictures, images. And he says, the more you dwell upon it, the stronger your desire will be. And the stronger your desire, the easier it will be to hold your mind fixed upon the picture of what you want. However, something more is necessary than merely seeing the picture clearly. If that is all you do, you are only a dreamer and will have little or no power for accomplishment. Okay? Now, I'm sure many of you have been in love with a girl. Did it take a whole lot to keep your desire to be with her on the front of your mind? No, because you actually desired it. You wanted to be with her. You know, you fell in love with her. Something that you desire isn't hard, you know, to keep at the front of your mind, to keep an image there constantly. But if you don't truly want something then you're going to struggle to keep it there. You're going to struggle. And sometimes, obviously, you got to build up that desire. He continues, Behind your clear vision must be the purpose to realize it, to bring it out in tangible expression. And behind this purpose must be an invincible and unwavering faith that the thing is already yours, that it is at hand and you have only to take possession of it. He says, live in the new house mentally or whatever it is you want mentally until it takes form around you physically. In the mental realm, enter at once into full enjoyment of the things you want. Okay? Whatsoever things ye ask for when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them, said Jesus. See the things you want as if they were actually around you all the time. See yourself as owning and using them. Make use of them in imagination just as you will. Use them when they are your tangible possessions. Dwell upon your mental picture until it is clear and distinct. Then take the mental attitude of ownership toward everything in that picture. Take possession of it in your mind in the full faith that it is actually yours. Hold to this mental ownership. Do not waver for an instant in the faith that it is real. Okay? That is some prolific stuff. And I'm going to show you through a small story of how this is actually, like, this is truth. Okay? This is 100% true. And once you begin to realize that everything in your life has come by way of your own creation, by you holding images in your mind clearly of things that you have, because everything you have, you thought up beforehand, whether or not you like that. And so yesterday, or in our last episode, I mentioned that I was the youngest of 10 siblings. Okay? And that... You know, I I was always able to observe my siblings. Now, when I was a kid and throughout my teenage years, my mom was always talking about education. She was always talking about getting a good job. And my oldest brother's 20 years older than me. And it just goes down from there. And so they're all adults, you know, and I'm a kid still. And she's always, she was always bagging on them, really. And just little, little snide remarks about, Oh my gosh, like if they would just finish up their schooling 
if they, you know, they didn't take so long to do this, and then they could get a good job, and then they'd be fine, you know, because I have several siblings now that have master's degrees, but almost all of them earn their master's degree close to the age of 40, okay, and I have one brother that got it at the age of, let's see, he's five years older than me, it's been a couple of years, eh, so he was like 32 okay he was the youngest until i finished mine but she was always going on and on and on about how their life would be better and how oh she she was always so proud of anyone for doing anything when it came to education and and finding a good job okay and now i had always wanted to be the best husband and father and i believed that was the way that was the way to becoming the best husband and father was through education and a phenomenal job, formal education. Don't get me wrong, personal education is, you know, 10 times better. But I had believed that formal education and a good job, that was the way to become the best husband and father and to provide this dream life for my family, to have a super nice house, a mansion, you know, cars and awesome vacations and just really not worry about money ever. But what I was doing, you know, I had finished college and I was working on my master's degree and I was only 24, 25, you know, far, far younger than my siblings. But I, it was not providing a dream life, you know, what I, what I had and what I was doing by any means. And I was really struggling you know, to to see what was going on. I'm like, huh, this is this is okay. And it's definitely not what I want. Like, ew. I'm living paycheck to paycheck still. I did that when I was a broke college kid. So why don't I just become a broke college kid again, you know? And <laughs> figure something else out. And not only, you know, was it not providing the life that I wanted, I just... I never felt like what I was doing was was in my heart. You know how I talked about a minute ago I brought up when you fall in love and you really you really fall in love and you just that's all you think about. You know, my work it definitely was never all I thought about. I spent time trying not to think about it, you know? I didn't care about it. It was just it was work. Okay? It was you know, I liked the people I worked with and building relationships. I enjoyed that. But the day-to-day, the paperwork, the management, the the garbage, the politics, it was just there. Like, I wasn't in it. And I never felt like it was mine. Um, now, have you, ever, <clears throat> have you ever drawn before? Like a picture. Okay, when I was little, I used to do these little trace drawings. Okay, like... You get an image, or even if you've done dot to dots, you know, I'd, I'd get this picture and it'd be outlined. And so I could draw it. And, you know, when I was done, it looked super cool. Well, I kind of felt like, I felt like that's what I was doing in life. I felt like I was just tracing somebody else's work. You know, when you're done, it looks nice. But it's not really what you want. And so I had spent five years six years really and thirty five thousand dollars in loans to get these two degrees that I now 
just wondered why I had them, you know, and what I what I honestly wanted to do. And it wasn't until nine months after I had been let go, laid off, and you know, I decided long before that to to leave and to pursue something else. Um, I, you know, I was always looking for something along the lines of a new job, uh, school or sales, going back to school or getting into sales. And it was nine months after that it all happened, and I didn't get I didn't go get a job. You know, I did start some sales, and I really started personal development and and personal education. And I kept asking myself why I had gone to college. You know, why did I do these things? You know, what what was it for? Why, 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 why? You know, I think Russell goes over, you ask yourself why, but good six to ten times before you'll come up with the real reason. And so I sat there, why? And then I'd come up with an answer and then I'd say, why that? Or why this? Because most of the answers are just excuses, right? They're just, they're just covering up what it really was. And it, I figured out, you know, I finally wrote down why. And I figured out all along, I was, I literally spent six years of my life and $35,000 in college because I was competing with my siblings. And I was competing to be favored by or, or gaining the approval of and the respect of my mother. Okay? It made me sick to my stomach. I was like, Oh my gosh, it literally was all to show that I was better than my brothers and sisters because, hey, I got through college faster. You know, I I did it better. I did it faster. I made more money earlier, blah, blah, blah. And it, this came out as I was writing why and why and why over and over again and just realizing, you know, that I was programmed to, you know, to, towards those things and that they, I was tracing someone else's drawing and it, it literally like, I just felt ill. I was like, Oh, this is, this is wretched. This is like, how could I, you know, how could I do this to myself and, and to anyone, to my wife, to my kids that I had spent all that time, all that money simply competing to show that I was better than my siblings for my mom's honor for her you know her respect to show hey yeah I'm a good kid screw that screw that that was stupid like man I'm grateful for the experiences in our environments are a gift to us but freak in that moment I was I was pissed I was I was like, you got to be kidding me. What is, like, what is going on? Um, and it really just shook my world. But from that point forward, I was able to actually see what I had been doing. You see, when I was a kid, I created that image in my head. I heard my mom talking about, oh, I wish, you know, go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school. I wish your siblings would go to school and get good jobs and you know, get their degrees because that's what any respectable, that's what someone that I respect does. And so when I was a kid, 
I formed that image in my head. I completely saw everything that I did. Okay? Are you getting this by now? I saw myself going to college and getting married and having kids all at the same time while working full time. I saw that. I created that in my head years before it actually happened physically. You know, I saw getting a job before I was even out of college in my profession, a career, and working alongside the sea and getting promoted often and and getting my master's degree as fast as I could. Like I saw I created every ounce of that in my head years before it came physically. And so what I was what I was reading to you earlier when it comes to the science of getting rich and what Wallace D. Waddles Waddles taught us there is 100% true. Everything you have right now, you saw it at some point in your past. You held on to the image. You created it, every detail, and it's now here. And whether or not you like that, whether or not that may make you sick to your freaking stomach, like I was sick to my stomach, that I had that I had literally created that. Well, guess what? You get to take charge and responsibility and move forward. And so from that moment on, I decided that I was going to build my own tracks. I was going to draw my own pictures. No longer trace anyone else's picture, but no, create my own. If I want to go here and draw a line there, I'm going to do it. Okay? And my life still isn't, you know, my income still isn't a dream. Yet, it's on its way. Because guess what? I have an image. I have a vision. And I'm taking action alongside of that. Now, I do have time. I have more time than I've ever had. Even though I'm, I'm a fairly busy, busy person. You know, I have two kids. And I teach um, a religious course to teenagers every morning, um, voluntarily, and I work and I do this and I write stories and I build. Fun- I'm working on our funnel, and and like life is busy. Life is busy for everyone, okay? But there's so much freaking time. If you don't think you're wealthy at all, you know you don't have money. Well, guess what? You have time. Never before on earth have people had more time and yet have wasted it, and they throw it away like it's trash. No, you have plenty of time. There's time. You can squeeze out so much time. Just give up Netflix. Give up whatever it's holding you back. And you're going to have to keep giving it up because right now it's a habit. Okay? You're going to have to let go of that. But what's awesome is when you decide to trace your own... I mean, not to trace. To stop tracing It's awesome when you stop tracing someone else's drawing for your life, okay? You don't have to trace. You can go outside the lines and draw whatever you want to. Become, do, have everything that you want. But until you really, you really ponder and go, hey, you know, I have what I, until you want to admit that everything you have is something that you created and the things that you created were probably from someone's tra- from tracing someone else's idea, someone else's vision for you, um, you're gonna you're gonna stay there until you admit to that and and go forward and go forward drawing your own scenes, 
you know, your own life. I appreciate you so much and I care about you. And that's that's exactly, you know, why I say these things. They're, you know, not this isn't easy to hear. This isn't easy to learn. It's definitely definitely not easy to admit to or to to go forward with. It's hard drawing your own drawings, you know? But it's rewarding. It is so rewarding. And yes, the first one might be hideous because you suck at drawing. Okay, you've been tracing your whole life. But guess what? Those drawings will get more beautiful as you just keep doing them. If you go back to tracing, you're going to have someone else's life. And we don't want that. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.